Welcome to Sports, 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 the battle of the tough guys of sports and culture. Coming to you from independent remote quarantine locations with me tonight, my co-host, the exclamation point, the passionate one, Reed. Good evening. And the question mark, the man who cares nothing about sports, Rowdy. Hello. And in the middle of the period, my name is Snoop Gentleman. Episode 136. How are we? Oh, man. Um, the last five weeks, every time I ask that question, the first thing that happens is YouTube. A thick sigh. Yeah. Yep. Thick sigh. Yeah. It, all the days are running together. Yeah. Reed, what are you doing passing the time besides your typical flapjacks and nap? Uh, today was French toast. <laughs> no nap. Uh, actually, I had some thick, like, uh, homemade bread, and I actually made French toast sticks. It you, was, made, you made bread? Huh? It was like you, bread machine bread. Hmm. And um, I chopped them up into uh, French toast sticks and made those up. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, so that was French toast. Uh, I, basically, all I've been doing is watching TV, reading mowing grass and uh cooking hmm rowdy what about you man just enjoying my free month of cbs all access uh <laughs> where i watched not a sponsor uh, plow through uh star trek discovery <laughs> and uh and star trek picard so i'm all caught up so i just canceled that subscription today because nice. all the other shows on it are trash yeah what Tell you what else I can tell you're doing right now is pushing that beard out. Uh, well, it's not Dude, looking it looks great. respectable. It definitely looks respectable. Yeah. I don't so know basically, if well, what, 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 what happens is it gets very thick from my chin down. This is all thick and bushy under underneath my chin uh-huh. on, on my neck neck neckle area. Uh, this this <laughs> is not, a lot thinner. Um, cheeks and cheeks and around the lips are always the last thing yeah man so this is fascinating i am getting i am getting mustache hair in my mouth you have so much Uh, to look forward to so (laughs) my wife was saying that i need to cut that mustache but but i look at you reed and i can barely even see your mouth that's right so i don't know that i actually need to cut this well and let me tell you when you go to trim your stash you got to think about it, science it out, because one wrong move and it's over. That's true. Then, and if you're gonna really, if you're gonna trim any of it, because that's how I ended up looking like John Waters. <laughs> it was supposed to be just a simple trim. <laughs> got away from you. I got away from me. Surely did. John Waters. <laughs> and if I ever shave my beard off, I'm doing the John Waters. At the, that point, I just committed to it, right? I mean, it's oh, there. I'm yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, it'll grow back. That's kind of how I feel about this. Like, what else do I have to do? Like, I'm. A lot of people are like, oh, I want to, you know, learn learn to speak Spanish. I want to. I want to. You know, I'm gonna learn to play piano. All that kind of stuff. Well, you know what? I downloaded a Spanish app that I haven't opened. <laughs> I got, uh, I saw a huge discount on piano lessons. I haven't opened those. But this is something I can do. You know, but what you're saying you can do is nothing. Just. <laughs> It's the absence of activity. Dude, you have, uh, which is, it's, it's called restraint. 
Yeah, and, I'm, and also I'm multitasking because I'm letting this thing grow right. while watching uh, Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discovery on CBS All Access, free yeah. for a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's nice you have that. Yeah. Hey, you're out, Hey. How about some sports? How about it? Uh, uh, we know the one thing that could bring back our economy is if Baseball. someone were to Baseball. create a great product that just takes the world by storm. And I think that product has arrived in the form oh. of the PX4040. Oh. <laughs> now yes. you might be asking, sir, what is the sir. PX4040? Wait, I have a question. Yes, sir. sir. What is the PX4040? Oh, I'm glad you asked because <laughs> yeah. the PX4040 is a power extender and a hitting aid. Um, yeah, power extender. I'm seeing yes. it now. W- what it really is is a missed opportunity by A-Rod. and j-lo and j-lo more specifically j-lo in baseball this will correct your swing instantly and in golf it will accelerate club head speed throughout the zone what that zone is but that zone speed important uh so the px 4040 uh last week we talked about how jose canseco uh had been uh jose canseco runs twitter he, yeah, he's he the greatest it. tweeter ever. So this, the following, uh, following his his uh, uh, happy Easter to everyone except <laughs> Alex Rodriguez. Uh, you know, he had the the tweets about uh, J Lo. I have something to show you for your eyes only. So we were we were speculating. You know, this probably has something to do with uh, how uh, Jose believes that A Rod. Uh, cheated on J-Lo with Jose's ex-wife, you know, things like that, because that's what he was tweeting about one year ago, uh, almost exactly. Instead, um, the big reveal was that he was actually trying to promote his PX4040 power extender hitting aid. And so his first tweet says... Jennifer Lopez, what I was going to show you is my invention, the PX4040. Looking for investors, this product corrects your swing and accelerates swing speed. He said, Jennifer Lopez, the PX4040 was for your eyes only, but I received no reply. Everyone else has a chance to invest in this product. Everyone else? (laughs) Even Alex Rodriguez? Uh, Well, I would say uh, probably except, oh, well, here's your answer. Uh, he said, I would have originally talked to Alex Rodriguez about funding this project, but but he's such a douche. Then I gave Jennifer Lopez a chance. <laughs> she's not interested. So, Is, uh, is J-Lo a big golfer? No. Uh, but Jose Canseco is a brilliant PR person. Um, no well, I would say Jose Canseco and Morgan, his girlfriend manager, uh, and your close personal friend, and, and, and associate. You know, my iPhone contact, Morgan. Um, yeah, I think this is just such a great reveal. This, by the way, comes uh, just days after his tweet. Can Bigfoot or aliens get coronavirus? I need to know because I have had contact with them. <laughs> See that? Okay, so A, we, we had this conversation offline a couple of days ago. I... I question whether or not he actually had contact because I think the latest theory is that Bigfoot is an alien. Oh, really? Some people think that. So, 
some people. I'm hearing, and my people are telling me that people are saying that. I don't like that. Uh, that Bigfoot's an alien. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's like you're talking about. You're talking like Skinwalker Ranch type stuff. Yeah, like the Bigfoot that crawls through the portal, and yeah, you know, like some Stargate type. Right, but it means, I mean, it could, be, it, could be, it could be a creature from a different dimension. Either way, it needs uh, to be investigated. Is what I'm saying. We need to investigate it. I don't know why only one party is investigating is being investigated when the other party should be investigated as well. I mean, they're doing illegal stuff too. Aliens are real. We still talking about Bigfoot? <laughs> aliens in general. Aliens, aliens are here and they're flying UFOs yep. around if you can't identify. And I I be, I strongly believe that Bigfoot is real. Whether Bigfoot is an alien or not, I, I don't buy that. I think Bigfoot is an actual creature. Um but let's slow this down again for a second. This is important. Let's get back to your theories on Bigfoot. But also, the first time that he went on the alien excursion with Jose, which, yes, $5,000 guaranteed you see Bigfoot and or alien. This was never heard on that. So I don't know if that – I never heard any stories about anyone who went on that excursion. So I don't even know if that ended up happening. Morgan sure never told I'm sure they signed an NDA. I mean, Bigfoot would make you sign an NDA for sure. But this was a year ago since COVID started, COVID-19. So, and there was 18 COVIDs before this. (laughs) Right? That's how that works. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm thinking that he must have a setup somewhere between February and now that he can guarantee that he's meeting up with aliens and or Bigfoot. It probably corresponds with the Mercury and retrograde, don't you think? That somehow it's lined up better, that there are better times in our calendar to meet up with Uh, Bigfoot and see aliens than other times. Question. Does Bigfoot... Okay, so I'm still on the Bigfoot's an alien, but if he's not, he or she is not, if they are not... If Ja or not. There's got to be a he or she. There's got to be both, right? I mean... We don't know how long they live. Well, that's true. At some point, there had to be both. Do you think that Bigfoot and or Alien introduced introduced Jose to the other? Like he met Alien and went to Bigfoot? I think if they're aliens here then they have enough technology to know whether or not Bigfoot's here. So I think the aliens introduced Bigfoot to Jose Canseco. But do you think that the aliens would understand the lore and the history behind Bigfoot? What's that film called, Rowdy, of Bigfoot? The Patterson-Gimlin film? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Oh, the one where he's running across the river river bed? Yeah, just to be clear, that's... (laughs) He just that's off the top of his dome, friend. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember it's right. I don't remember much of my yeah, I don't remember much of my childhood, but I can rattle off all kinds of details about the Patterson Gimlin film. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, so I don't think that aliens would know about the Patterson Gimlin film and everything that goes along with that, do you? I mean, they just come in here for the first time. They might have landed in Wherever that was filmed, I don't know, man. Found them first first time they stepped foot. 
I had a professor uh, that was married to a um, indigenous man from I forget what group of people he was from, but from the Puget Sound area. And mm. she had uncles-in-law and in-laws that claimed they had seen a Bigfoot. If you're interested in exploring this further, I would recommend this book, Sasquatch, Legend Meets Science by Dr. Jeff Meldrum. Is that the uh, guy in the library to see? I've I seen him in person, and seen. you've probably seen him on uh, plenty of documentaries about Bigfoot. But this All guy is a, is a primatologist... Uh, and he uh, is at Idaho State University. Oh. And he has uh, a lot of interesting evidence that uh, when we saw him in person uh, really convinced me. So there were things like um, uh, at the Patterson-Gimlin site, for example. Uh, was that in Washington? Some of, some, of the, some of the photos of the, uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think it was in Washington. Uh, so some of the, the footprints showed evidence of a pressure ridge, which is basically where you're, it's not like they're wearing like a wooden, um, yep. I've seen that they took plaster molds of that. Yeah. And so basically as you, as you walk, you're going to leave different impressions, um, like as, you know, as your, your foot is pressing into the mud or whatever. And he's, he's found he gets calls from people when they when they have uh, tracks and stuff that they've found, and so he's he's even found like um, ones where it's like something has been trying to climb a hill, and so you'd see basically like the imprint of like the side of their fist um, or the sides mm. of their feet, so stuff like that. Where it's like if you were just making fake feet, you wouldn't be adding all these details in there. So well, and I have seen where they can they think they can determine the gait and therefore deduce the height and also mm -hmm. the weight by the uh, depth and size of the footprints and mm -hmm. the distance between them. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot. He goes into a lot of detail about the the Patterson-Gimlin film. I can't remember, like, the height and weight reconstructions and stuff, but no, nah, after seeing him uh, talk, yeah, I was like, okay, okay, wait, actually, here, height, Rowdy has uh, a hard copy of this book, actually, for those uh, yeah. those not watching, because there's no way to watch this. Uh, <laughs> Wait, um, you're missing out, though, for sure. Seven hundred pounds. Um, height uh, looks like the eighty-eight inches. Um, eighty-eight uh, inches. Hey, while you're doing that, here's some fast facts for you. So in, seven, seven over seven feet tall. In uh, in January of 2016, Jose Canseco tweeted out, "You're gonna like this tweet. Coming soon, the PX4040." Oh, blue, you said, wait, blue wait, when did you say that was? January 29th, 2016. Ah, yes. I have wow. seen I have seen different posts about this as this product has been in development. Now he's got now he's got full product shots and uh, mm -hmm. uh yeah. we got demo videos yet? Got the patent application numbers. Mm. Um two day two days later he said the PX forty forty invention will bring back the long ball. Okay. And then someone replied with didn't that used to just be called steroids? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh man. Oh man. That's good. Uh they're not wrong. Uh yeah, he's got pictures now. There was another big reveal about a year ago, but it was there was no pictures. Hey. Like he's working hard. I gotta say, I salute this entire thing though of of using the J Lo and A Rod feud to draw attention to this uh uh product that he's been developing. I think that's a that's such a smart PR move. So I would Thanks, say Morgan. thank you. you know what? If you're out there in, in listener land, I will say the smart investors are gonna jump on this opportunity. Let Morgan. me get that Trump check. It's going right to Jose. PX forty forty. Morgan, um, Morgan's UNLV degree in public relations is paying off. Congrats, Morgan. Wow. So, so that, that guys, was all her. I'm, I'm, Jose is a smart guy. I'm not taking anything away from him. I watched the documentary too. They're a team. He's a sharp dude, but this was this was expert level. Above yeah. and beyond. Above yeah, and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. I should text her. <laughs> you really should maybe the px 4040 could be our first sponsorship oh my gosh uh, well no our first sponsorship was the disc golf hole oh that's true remember when we sponsored the hole yep yeah no no no. a sponsor for us not something we sponsor we're not gonna it's not gonna be the jose can say oh, that's true 44 the wrong way brought to you by sports 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 the podcast oh i thought you meant we should all of our money from podcasting, we should invest in this product. No, we should do a commercial for the PX4040 with Jose Canseco as like our our uh, blue apron of uh, the podcast. Do we have any idea how much a PX4040 costs? Nope. I'm pretty sure those were digital renderings, so I don't even think they know how much it costs. PX4040 cost. Okay. Sorry, we can continue. I'll just keep coming back to this. All right. Um, so we don't have choose news this week. We ended up starting this, unfortunately, uh, before we could coordinate with with Dennis. Uh, so choose news number three. We'll be back next week. Um, for those of you who have been watching um, the Michael Jordan Last Dance uh, series, I will just say Dennis has promised that uh, next week's story will involve Jordan. So just a, uh, a quick teaser uh, to entice you to show next week for Choose News. Nice. A guy named Jordan or Michael Jordan? <laughs> we don't know, actually. Yeah. It could be the country of Jordan, too. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. I just know Jordan in some form will be involved. Um, man, should we just jump right into quarantine cinema, though? Why not? Yeah. Let's do it. This week's uh, this week's movie was the 1989 Hulk Hogan vehicle, No Hold <laughs> So I yeah. hope everybody had a chance to watch this with us. It's free uh, on Amazon Prime if you haven't. Just it, we don't want to spoil anything, so this is a good opportunity to just pause the podcast, fire up Amazon Prime, and watch it. And I'm okay. Burn spoiling. an hour and 33 minutes of your life. Thank you. Reed spoiled it for me. I'm okay spoiling <laughs> it. It is one hour and 30 minutes you won't get back. This is quite possibly the worst moving picture that I have ever seen. I know. It's up there with Leonard Part 6 for me. Leonard Part 6 is up there yeah. on this. Trolls, I know too. I you're going to summarize things, but uh, 
I, I did. I thought it was interesting that if you Google "no holds barred," the the like little brief description that pops up, the description reads: a TV network boss pits a wrestler called Zeus against a wrestler called Rip in a racial match. <laughs> a racial, <laughs> a racial match? match? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was a very interesting description uh, of this movie. I would say that is not a good summary of my experience with No Holds Barred. Um, yes, me, me neither. It was never hyped as a racial match. It was hyped as the Battle of the Tough Guys. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Snoop, yes. can you walk us through the story that is... As best should, I can. Should we, should we set the scene real quick that this the, about what else came out in 1989, Go just so it. we yep. know what we're comparing this to? Yeah. Go so for here's it. a short list of uh, some movies that were released in 1989. Uh, Batman... Uh, the one with Joker, so was that uh, the one where Jack Michael Keaton? Yeah, that was, that the, was, that was the original. Keaton? The original, yep. yeah. Major League, uh, Indiana Jones, Bill and, and the Ted's, Last Crusade. And The Last Crusade, sorry, yep. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Field of Dreams, the uh, Civil War epic Glory. Glory, oh, good movie. Uh, Dead Poets Society, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, um... Mm. A Scientologist Gets Injured in the Vietnam War, Born on the Fourth of July, uh, Little Mermaid, Driving Miss Daisy, and Weekend at Bernie's. All war, oh. were 1989 films released will... at the same time as this Hulk Hogan masterpiece. Okay, so there are some movies in that list that I really like. I would say that 1989 was a good year for movies. I say I, so. I would say that none of those movies you just read off feel more like 1989 than No Hard. I I would uh, tend to agree with that. This this is pure, uncut 1989. It yeah. really is in video form. Straight to the veins. Yep, yep. So should we get into it? Let's do this. I'm I'm regretting this. We're not going to get this time back either. So Rip Thomas is the main character that's played by Hulk Hogan. He is the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. Uh, although this was put out by WWF, it wasn't WWF that was in the movie, just to be clear there. Right. So apparently he's a huge star, and there is a new broadcast company called World Television Network that wants to get in on the on the Rip Thomas action. Can I can I add a quote here? Sure, go. And jump in at any time. Okay. <laughs> the the new head of World Television Network, Tom Brell, who is the the main bad guy in this, in this the show. big baddie, if you no. will. So after the opening match, he is fired up because he 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 goes to his board and he says. When I took over this network some months ago, I vowed to take it to the top. Now I find that every time this jockass <laughs> I strip down to his sweet nothings and wallow around with some sweat hog, we eat it. <laughs> so ratings are bad. Jock. He, he needs Rip Thomas on the work. Jockass. Jockass sweat hogs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he needs Rip Thomas on the... Uh, on the network so he approaches rip and uh rip promptly turns him down because he's 
he he's he's a class act. He's not in it for the money. Right. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, so then, right after this, the next day, he's supposed to be jumping in. Or it was right after the meeting. He gets in his limo to leave. And immediately. Yeah. Immediately after the meeting. Yep. He gets in the limo. And the limo driver is going. And then we get, you know, nuggets of great uh dialogue like hey you were supposed to turn right back there 15 seconds of silence hey you just missed your turn uh and hey, then a brother uh then you know in a, in this is very 80s in very 80s fashion the the separator what do you call that in between partition the partition in between the driver and the back of the limo <laughs> go up and it's it's not glass Oh, yeah. It's like solid steel. Yeah. And then he knows, oh, something's up. So he starts kicking everywhere. Just I was questioning his methodology of kicking in the backseat of this limo because he... It makes the limo swerve. He's a gyroscope. Well, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah, his kicks are causing the limo to swerve. But also, he's just kind of kicking all over the place. If I were in that position... And I was, let's say, as strong as Rip Thomas. Mm -hmm. I would be kicking in a single spot to try to open the door. But he kicks at the door for a while, he, and then he starts kicking apart the mini bar. The yeah, mini bar. Yeah, the mini bar and the yeah. TV. Which was what really set the driver off. I think of anything like once he smashed the TV, he really cranked on that wheel. Yeah, yeah. very offended by that. Did you notice when he was kicking at the door that he was able to? Um, he was able to dent the outside of the door, like the door skin. But it was like with a ball. It looked like a ball peen hammer had been. That's exactly what I thought. It looks like. How does his he? Is he wearing high heels? that have ball peen hammers in them. It was like ball peen hammer hits every time. It wasn't like denting out. It wasn't pushing it out. It was like these very specific. Uh, uh, and this, I this movie was so stupid. So wait, I'm just, so I'm just, bad. I'm just thinking, thinking back to this. Do you think that the that uh, this wasn't real? Yeah, I think it wasn't think real. The limo driver. Do you think this whole situation of him basically being kidnapped was set up by Tom Brell from the World Television Network? Yeah. Yeah. What did you uh, think? This was <laughs> this was this was a random kidnapping. I don't ride in a lot of limos, so I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like. That's why I don't like hopping into strange cars because you don't know if you get into a limo if something like this might happen, if you might get abducted. But I, but you guys agree this was probably a, a setup because Rip Thomas refused to appear on World Television Network and ripped up that check. Right. All I can say yeah. is every time I've hired a limo, nothing like this has happened. <laughs> it's, it's a good time to talk about. Your limo ride? <laughs> this is a very. Have we told this story on the podcast? <laughs> Probably not. No. Let's great Oh man. Uh, what was this? This was like ten or twelve years ago, or more. Probably now. It was like, yeah, two thousand, two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had ridden down to Indy with a buddy, 
to meet up with all these guys at what we're at the Ratskeller, I Ratskeller, think. Ratskeller, German Beer Hall. A German Beer Hall and Beer Garden in Indy, and we're having a good time listening to music, enjoying refreshments, and my buddy wanted to stay down in Indy, and I was ready to come back to A-Town, so I had to figure, this was pre-Uber, you know, pre, like, taxis weren't going to drive you from downtown Indianapolis all the way to, uh, back to Anderson, so I just decided that uh, I'd order a limo and get back now, home. You, if I remember right, uh, tell me if I'm out of bounds here, but you had some money saved up for a trip that you were planning on taking? That's right, yes. My girlfriend and I at the time were going to take a trip, and we had a fallen out over the weekend, so I blew all that money on a limo and booze to get back to Anderson. <laughs> no, and, and a typical drive, just for reference, from downtown Indy to Anderson is about 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, from downtown, probably 45, 50 minutes, yeah. Yeah. So I also, called the limo and ordered the limo. We're sitting there on these big picnic tables out in the beer garden. And I said, well, guys, uh, I ordered a limo, so I'm I'm going to head up to the front. And everybody's like, oh, whatever, Reed. Get over it. You know, like, come on. Rowdy was there with a bunch of his, like, work friends getting ready to go to a work party, as I remember. Um, there were a bunch of you from your agency that were getting ready to go somewhere else. And one of the cooler, cooler moments that I remember is everybody's kind of giving me a hard time and we all go outside and we're all just kind of standing out in front of the bar on the sidewalk and everything. And <laughs> lo and behold, here pulls up a white limousine and the guy with the suit gets out and just steps up on the curb and goes, oh, I'm looking for a Mr. Reed. <laughs> and it was like the seas parted. And I just walk up to the limo and just kind of look back at everybody and get in the car. I ended up taking all you guys to the party, riding back. Get back to Anderson. I call up a few friends, tell them to meet me at the end of their driveway, pull up, pick them up in the limousine, drive around Anderson for a while, drop us off at another bar and call it a night. <laughs> wow. And this this story so th it was this was amazing that that entire scene of the limo pulling up was just one of the more beautiful moments of my life uh, but this story also has a sequel right has a what it has a sequel right i don't know does it when you ran into this limo driver again oh yes i totally forgot about that Yes, I did. I ran into, I think, was it at the Lockerbie? I don't remember. I saw him somewhere. I thought you were at a wedding or something. It may have been. I don't remember. But yes, I did run into the guy again. And we just kind of made eye contact and looked at each other. And I just kind of went, oh, hey, man. And he's like, hey, you're the guy that I drove to Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> I had totally forgotten about that. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, hey, sometimes you want to sleep in your own bed, and you got to do what you got to do to get do, it. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> that's just unbelievable. And that's a, and that's what's awesome is that's a story that guy's gonna be telling his grandkids. Just <laughs> a random guy outside of the bar. It's like I ordered it. I ordered this. <laughs> now that had to be what 10, 12 years ago. 12, no, 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. It was, oh, like, yeah, you know, I, think, was. I think it was, it was sometime. I was still yeah. in college. But that has to be, I mean, limos. My thinking is like limos don't really have the cachet that they once had either. Like it's just, right. 
I mean, this like, was a stretch limousine. <laughs> it's a stretch limousine for one person to drive on the interstate. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful day. Do you remember what that ended up costing you? I uh, I was just thinking that I think it was $190 for three hours. Hey, that's, oh, that's worth it. Well, well that's money good. well spent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many miles have you gotten out of that story? I mean, it's definitely exactly. worth it. It's definitely worth it. Good story. That's what that's what matters. Did you get a good story out of it? I wish now though I tried to kick the doors up to see if it made him swerve. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that was a thing back then. Well, so back back to Rip Thomas. But then what happened after all this door kicking? So he obviously beats off the. Uh, that, oh, wait, he did uh, what now? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Quarantine day nine hundred. I think you watched a different movie, man. Yeah, I mean there was some sexiness in this movie, but I don't remember that part. So what happens then? The dude is attackers and is able to escape. So we cut to. There's kind of two scenes at this point going on. One is we meet um, uh, his the love interest of the story. Um, well, which she's is just his PR agent. Samantha Moore, Sam Moore, uh, who was actually a double agent working for Brell, Mr. Brell, to try and get uh, Rip Thomas. To him. Yeah, he tried to tried to seduce him. Yeah, I and mean, with that with that power time. suit and those shoulder pads, amazing, accomplished. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Joan Severance. Yeah, Joan Severance. Joan Severance. Yeah, she's a fox. Yeah. At the same time, we also have Brell going to a bar called the No Count Bar, where they hold uh, a wrestling, um, a wrestling, I don't know what you would call competition. UFC. It's UFC. It's in an octagon. It's called Battle of the Tough Guys, No Holds Barred, Winner Take All, and anybody can fight. Anybody that signs up can fight. So he sees this and says, this is going to be our new show. Uh, And I... Was it at the first one? No, it was wait. He he sees the first one, yeah, and then goes back to the bar on like their normal their normal night. So well, they're all, says, all they're all dressed in suits. He says we're gonna we're gonna uh, air this on on our network world. What's it called? I always forget. WTN World yeah. Television Network. He says the Battle of the Tough Guys. The Battle of the Tough Guys. And will to, be open to any red-blooded American man who's got the guts to get into the ring and find out just how tough he is. The winner will the winner will receive one hundred thousand dollars tax free. free. Yeah, I thought Love that was that good. Tax free. <laughs> yeah. I also okay, like so you're the, paying I, the taxes, is what he's saying. You're pay. I'm paying the taxes. Yeah, I got you covered. And yeah. so, because of this, we get to meet such. Uh, contestants as Brock Chisler, Bulldog McPherson, Klondike Kramer, Rebar Wallace. Okay. Roll back, roll back. Klondike yeah. Kramer. Let's go. Yeah. To, let's go to Klondike specifically. Six foot three, white guy, blonde Huffer. hair. Is he's that what's happening? I so think he, he was huffing Aquanet. He's spraying something all over himself. Yeah. It's Aquanet. It's all over his face. Or like delousing some kind of delousing something. Oh, that could be okay. Some kind He's of sanitation. I was trying to figure out what he was spraying. Yeah. Yeah, the so, most shocking whole part of this whole section of the movie to me is that they shot the bathroom scene at the Anderson Speedway. 
with the trough urinals and the yeah. overflowing stalls and the graffiti. You mean when Brel's assistants go to uh, bleed the old lizard? That's right. <laughs> oh, you mean Unger and Ordway? Yes. Unger yeah. and the, yeah. Uh, yeah. They go. They ask. They ask one of the big burly men in uh, overalls with no shirt on underneath. Uh, excuse me, pal, but uh, where do I go to bleed the old lizard? <laughs> and the guy goes, "In your pants, wimp." Dookie. Oh, no, yeah, that. okay. So yeah, let's go back to this. Let's go to the limo fight. Let's go back to subduing the uh, the the attackers. Yeah, so he, so, he, so he finally gets the limo driver, right? And he pulls the limo driver out, and Rip says, what's that smell? Uh, uh, Dookie. <laughs> End scene. So I think the guy crapped his pants? Is that yeah. worth it? It just looked like he sat down on a wet car seat. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man, this movie. That's probably if your if your uh, most memorable line is Dookie. Yeah. Dookie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a great film. Not a great film. No, so, it's it's terrible. So during the first battle of the tough guys that that Brell is actually putting on, that's where we are introduced to all the Lauren characters Perkins. that said. Rebar, uh, Rebar Lawless, Lugridge Perkins, and what was the other guy? Zodiac something, Klondike, Klondike Kramer, Bulldog McPherson, Brock Chisler. Yeah, the classic. Yes, and also Zeus pops in. Uh oh, where's my money, Greg? <laughs> yeah, Debo from Friday. <laughs> uh, bus into the bar by blowing out what appears to be a uh, huge steel fire door steel fire door yeah, yeah people i mean i feel like in a real public location the act of blowing in a door would cause a more um panicked reaction from the crowd yep these, yep. these people just kind of rolled with it now Let's stop here for a second. Is there? We did talk about this as a as a racial match. Was there any sense? That's what Wikipedia of, says. Is there any sense of this being of him being some sort of? Um, this is three years before the time, but a super predator. Is that what yeah. we're talking about here? Well, is this guy a victim of a neoliberal agenda? Well, so Zeus had been. Hey, it's there. We got to talk about it. <laughs> Zeus had been in prison. Zeus actually had been trained by the same trainer who trained Rip Thomas, right? Or Charlie? Charlie. 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 Charlie also trained Zeus, but Zeus was uncontrollable and actually killed a guy in one hold, minute. Hold on now. He didn't just kill him. Charlie had the best line in the movie, as far as I'm concerned, where he says, he killed him, you know. In his brain. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys catch that? Catch oh man, that. I rewound it. <laughs> oh. oh, so, so he might not actually physically be dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
So Zeus is played by Tiny Lister, who was Debo in the Friday movies. Now, have you, have you guys done any looking up about Tiny Lister? He's an interesting fella. I have not. First off, he's a junior. His first name is Thomas Lister, Thomas Lister Jr. Nice. So there is a Thomas Lister Sr. out there who is probably just as large. He's pushing 6'5". big. Yeah, I think that's how that works. Seniority. <laughs> Six foot five, 300 pounds. Uh, he did wrestle after this. Uh, and under the name Zeus and Z-Gangsta, which is, I mean, a little bit racist. He also had the Anthony Davis. This is a like 30 years before Anthony Davis became famous for his eyebrows. Yep, yep. Yep, and he he is blind in his right eye. Now, to me, the most interesting thing about old Tiny Lister is that uh, in 1999, he, along with Daryl Strawberry, appeared on Benny Hinn's evangelical TV program for TBS. No way. Gave his testimonial, and uh, Benny Hinn laid his hands on Lister and prophesied over him. God is calling you to reach out to the young people and will bless your acting career to do it. That clip's on YouTube. I'm going to watch that later. <laughs> oh, guess who, else is, guess who else is with them? Mr. T. Paul O'Leary, yeah. Trump's, favorite, uh, Trump's favorite preacher. Paul O'Leary. Oh, yeah. Really? She's on there with Benny Hinn, that prosperity gospel man. Nice. Yeah, wow. diamonds. There you go. So from this point, okay, so here we are. Zeus wins the whole thing. Rips out a handful of a man's hair as some sort of... Scalp What? Oh, uh, didn't scalp him. Just pulled out his hair. <laughs> <laughs> as some sort of, like, tribute to Brel. I don't really know what was going on there, but that obviously... That was Rowdy's favorite part. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. <laughs> You're like, what kind of movie is this? Yeah. Hair? I didn't know. <laughs> so, uh, and then, then we switch back to Sam and Rip going on vacation together. Well, uh, they're which, like out. They're doing, I don't know. Why were they traveling? Why were they doing the overnight? Why is that a normal thing you would do? Rowdy, you're in uh, customer service. You have these type of things. Pseudo, kind of PR kind of a creative role. Do you typically go on overnighters with your clients? No. Huh. Well, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's two notes, just so yeah. we're clear. Okay. Yeah. So they now, I have sh I have I have shared a bed with a coworker. Okay. Are we going to do this? We're doing this. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I can tell this story. So in a very similar situation that uh, Rip, Thomas, and Sam found themselves in. I can't imagine that to be the case. But I, I was in Germany uh, for work to go to a video game conference, which was pretty cool. Uh, and the problem was we got brought into this whole thing late in the game. So every hotel room in Cologne, Germany was booked. So instead, we found a hotel that was just outside of Cologne. You could take the train in in the morning. This was the Romantic Mangold Inn uh, just outside of Cologne. 
And we found out when we got there that I was going to share the honeymoon suite <laughs> with my male coworker. And we thought, you know, this will be okay. Like we're expecting like twin bed, like two twin beds, whatever. In the honeymoon suite. And, and, well, so <laughs> it's the leave it go, to be for honeymoon suite. We, we walked, the honeymoon we, suite. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, Germans still sleep in separate beds, right? So we walk in the yeah. suite, and there were there were two there no there were two there were two twin there were two twin beds, but they were in the same them together. No, but they were in the same frame, uh, so they were literally like next to each other to make I guess a king size. Was two twins make a king? I don't know. I'm not good at cards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we so we end up realizing there's literally no way that we're not going to be sleeping in the same bed together the nice thing was in germany they actually put uh duvet covers like separate duvet covers in in the bed so we basically had our own things and we just faced you know faced different directions but uh, but yeah, it was a, that was an interesting experience. Um, and so we kind of did what uh, Rip and Sam did, just kind of split the bed down the middle and we each, we had that dividing line. Now, I'm not as muscular as Rip, so we didn't have the problem that he had where when he finally gets done doing his push-ups and lays down in the bed, the bed breaks and uh, Sam rolled on top of him. Um, but... Otherwise, it was a very similar situation. That whole scene made me very uncomfortable. There was a lot of like beefcake in this in this uh, movie. There was a lot of uh, male, uh, uh, the male body being objectified. A lot of butt shots. Oh, as a, of, as a white male, are you? A lot of oiled impressed? up chests. You know, yeah. it was a sexy time. Yeah, if you want to see Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan in his prime, not wearing much. This is a. This is this is the movie for you, but I just I did not uh, the way he spoke to Sam in that scene was a, was a bit uncomfortable. Am I the only one that was feeling that way? Where he just started yelling at her? No, this wasn't. This was after we already saw one man throw another man or a woman into a barrel, uh, and this was before Sam gets slapped by Brell. Oh but, yeah, he picked her up by her face and threw her into a barrel. Yeah, Zeus did. Yeah. So wait, he yelled at Sam in the hotel room. Yeah, he yeah. stormed out to go sleep on the couch in the lobby. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he because he, he said basically she's already done a good enough job creating a wall between them, right? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Had some right. some kind of like yeah, just cutting line yeah the wall you built is stronger than any wall i can put up that's right i'm gonna, that's go, right. Sleep, I'm gonna go sleep on the couch in the lobby because it has a better sense of humor than you do which what, yeah what what's the humor are we talking about here and i'm sure that the uh hotel clerk is just going to be fine with hulk hogan sleeping on the couch in the lobby uh rip and, thomas and, and, and am I the only one who felt like he was kind of a dick move for a 300-pound man to jump on the bed like that? No. I mean, no? 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 I am? I was, I'm alone here. She rolled like, over I'm, on top of him. Mission accomplished. 
That may have been what he was trying to do. He was not trying to. He was a gentleman. He set up a set up a wall, a divider bet- between their sides of the bed. He just happens to be a giant muscular man who mm-hmm. breaks a bed when he when he gets into it. How many so anyway, Hulk, how many how many beds do you think Hulk Hogan has broken that way? Eight. I've seen one video and one movie where he's done that. That's a dead spin. I'd, I'd say Reed's probably pretty close. Um, eight, eight. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So they leave. They leave this uh, random rendezvous and go back. And Sam tells Brell that he, she's not going to work for him because she's fallen for it, right? Because mm-hmm. he's a good guy. She starts out she as a keeps, double agent. She just keeps staring at us behind the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I saw too. <laughs> it's true. Uh, uh, so she gets slapped by Burrell and leaves, uh, and then chased. This is the part that I think is a little well. There's a lot that's odd, just as, as movie making goes. But she's jumped in the parking lot by another assailant, who it looks like he's attempting to rape her. Is that what I'm? That's the impression I got. Yeah. So just then, Rip pulls up on his hog uh, and chases the guy down throws him into a tree and leaves. What does he say? Harley, me, you, and tree? Something like that. It didn't make a lot of sense, but Rip got a good laugh out of it. Yeah. So he throws the would-be rapist into the trunk of a tree. after And basically leaves him for dead. Do you think he was dead? I bet he just knocked out. I don't There's a lot of mouth bleeding in this movie, too. Yeah, from their mouths. This was this was one of several times where the a rip left someone who potentially was dead just where they lay. Well, not only that, but he had caught him in in clearly some uh, criminal activity. I don't understand why you would not take some sort of action other than just throwing him into a tree with your motorcycle. Um, that's a lot of action. That's a lot more action than a lot of a lot of. Uh, criminals get so yeah but i think i mean he got away if he's not dead he got away which i thought was a little weird and I, and for a movie i i think this was unrated wasn't it but for for a movie that was targeted towards kids that was a pretty heavy scene yeah this yeah. was not a kid's movie there was no. too much grunting in this movie for it to be way a too much grunting a lot the, of just the, the post-production sound and the and the voiceover was unbelievable in this movie. Yeah. So the next scene is well, I don't know if this is the next scene, but oh, I like how this segment's turned into Snoop's impression of Rowdy. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I, I, I got, like I got through, minutes second. Yeah, I got through yeah. Airbud quicker than you're getting through No Holds Barred. <laughs> All right. Well, we could go through this. Uh first off, uh okay. I'll just give you my. I'm two, fine two, with it. I'm fine with roses. it. Yeah, we're just gonna speed through this. Two roses and a thorn. On everybody, we'll just we'll just uh, round robin this on the last part. Two well, we gotta talk about how it ends, right? Yeah. So uh, Brell dies. He's he's electrocuted what? after after pitching a fit, uh, and then I didn't get that at all. Yeah, he's dead. He's got mouth bleed. Yeah, I know, yeah. but why did he tear up his own studio only to be electrified by his own reel-to-reel? Because he can't, he can't control his his emotions. His anger. He's an unstable man. 
and it finally got the best of him. Well, yeah. Okay. So my two roses are, uh, and I'm, I'm using roses loosely. Brel dying, I don't understand how they just kind of walked away and then everybody was cheering. He died and everyone was cheering. Yeah, that, yet another example of Hulk Hogan potentially killing a man and just walking away with a smile on his face. As his son did as well. Now, let's not forget, uh, this was two years after WrestleMania three, which at one point was the largest uh, attendance rating of any rec largest re recorded attendance of any live indoor event in North America ever. There was almost 90 or over 93,000 people at the Pontiac in Detroit. So that's what he's coming from. And then in this movie, he's supposed to be this, he's supposed to be Hulk Hogan or a similar character. He's supposed to be this huge star and there's maybe 50 people in there? Yeah, there were more people in the blood sport uh, fighting uh, arena than in this one. Yeah, so there's there's nobody in there, which I, like, those are my two roses. Those are two very odd things. Uh, What's your thorn? My thorn would probably be, what happened to Randy, man? Uh, oh, the I, brother. I'm glad you mentioned Randy, because he's one of my roses. All right, go. <laughs> okay, go. so... <laughs> What, what Snoop has neglected to tell you uh, is that Rip has a brother. I'm saving, I'm saving the people time. They don't need to watch this movie. Do not watch this movie. Yeah. So Rip, Rip Thomas's brother, Randy Thomas, his little brother, uh, is not a big man. He's actually Jacob from Lost. Oh, yeah. oh really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Jacob from Lost uh, is is Rip Thomas's brother, so that's all. This is all connected. Um, so this is technically a prequel to Lost. Um, and it's probably universe. Yeah. yeah. This this movie this movie had the most. If you just want to watch a movie where you can hear the word Randy just over and over again, this is the movie for you. It might it might it might actually be the last word of the movie. If it's not if it's not Randy, it's oof. Depending <laughs> on how you want to yeah. word. It's either Randy or oof. So Randy's Randy is Rip's biggest cheerleader throughout this whole movie. And at one point, uh Randy ends up having to confront Zeus with Rip not around. Randy is not a big man. Big mistake. But, but he's but he's he's got a big heart, and so he uh, does not take kindly to Zeus threatening his his big brother. So, you know, pretty stupidly, Randy decides to throw a punch at Zeus and then basically gets put in traction. We don't know the nature of Randy's injuries, and they, are, and they are many. Uh, Including spots of blood on his face. Yeah, but we do end up with... While we while we have a training montage for Zeus training for the big fight, that's intercut with a healing montage of uh, of Rip helping Randy through physical therapy. So if you've ever wanted to see a physical therapy montage, this is also the movie for you. Um, oh my god! It's uh, so yeah. I would say uh, Randy is one of my roses well, is, um, but okay so he's he is possibly paralyzed is what we're too yeah, be like yeah to believe. could be because he at the end he gets to the island till he gets to the island and gets healed like john locke did and he's able to walk again and then he becomes jacob 
It's different, different show. I know we're all in Tommy Westfall's universe. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but different show. Oh, uh, for he gets thrown out of his wheelchair by, by Zeus in the final scene. In the final, <laughs> yeah, he's got knocked over in the final big guy fight. Uh, and then he's like carelessly picked up and moved around. Now, for a guy with a possible spinal injury, yeah, they do kind of jostle. There's a lot of jostling Randy in this movie. <laughs> they didn't know about all. They didn't know you weren't supposed to move the victim back in nineteen. Yeah, was, this was eighty nine. That's true. <laughs> this is right. This was pre Christopher Reeves. Yeah, uh, just barely. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, that was actually the alternate title was uh, No Holds Bars, jostling Randy. Yeah. I love before before his, before the big fight uh, before Randy made his his appearance ringside uh, when he was getting ready to start. Rip says it doesn't feel right without Randy here. <laughs> My rose was Randy's girlfriend. Uh, yeah, where she best, <laughs> that was some of the best emotional face acting and feathered hair in tandem that I have ever seen put on film. Which I thought was great because, so he gets the ringside seat and and because he's Rip's brother, he gets like a hype girl to sit next to him, like right. as part of the show. But I think the beautiful soul that Randy is by the end of the fight, she'd fallen for him. Oh, what what that's started that's- as a transactional relationship ended up being becoming a real heart connection. Yeah. Well, I don't. First off, yes, they did sit ringside, but it doesn't. It, to to my eyes, it didn't seem like that would be a real hard ticket to get. Well, seeing no. how many empty seats were in there, right, they yeah. were also practicing some social distancing, possibly, because uh, there was some empty seats in that house for how big this this bout was supposed to be. But you bring up a good point. I don't know where she came from. I obviously the the Randy Rip connection was not explored as much as I would have liked it to have been uh, considering he had one line before uh he went and checked out zeus's training under the bridge oh, he yeah. said he said come on rip you can do it rip yeah come on big I, brother I, Sam. I think that was a line too hi sam hi sam you know this movie oh, did have like brother randy <laughs> like most randy. movies of their period this movie did have some political commentary and i'm going to go back to what was the trainer's name charlie 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 i'm going to go back to charlie and his you know he killed him you know in his brain uh, I I think that this was political commentary because 1989 was just one year before we really got to know about the Terry Schiavo case. Do you remember Terry Schiavo? Yes. Who was also a Floridian, I believe, right? Uh, maybe. So I think this is that that uh, the trainer and his killing them in the brain was a commentary on euthanasia. Before. Uh, foreshadowing. Before, okay. Yes, a foreshadowing. I mean, yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, I've got another rose for this movie I'll be honest I have no thorns I was going to say you love this movie Rowdy Uh, well first of all uh, because one of the songs prominently featured in this movie 
Hank Williams Jr. It sure was. All my rowdy friends. Yep. Of course, I'm going to love this movie. Yep. Are you kidding I, me? I I did notice that movie. And speaking of the soundtrack, uh, another rose is the theme song "No Holds Barred," written by Jim Johnston, performed by a guy named John Joyce, who is ungoogleable. Uh, <laughs> but John Joyce, he sings his butt off. Dude. He he. He didn't write the words, but he makes them feel like they're his because uh, he uh. he just you listen to this song, he puts everything he's got into this song. I had how totally much is f- that though? <laughs> yeah, not much. <laughs> I had totally forgotten how 80s music relied so he- relies so heavily on the soundtrack to tell the viewer how they're supposed to be interpreting the scene. Because the, when the shoulder pads and the buxom blondes come out, that saxophone music lays oh, down yeah. heavy. Lays down <laughs> real heavy. Yeah. You mean how things like you only learn where you are inside when life gives you the test? <laughs> Will you back down, turn and run, or stand up with the best? When your oh back's to the God. wall, what will your answer be? Oh, my God. Will you run for the door? Will you run out on me like it's hard? Snow holds barred. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's uh, that is. Uh, Those are the words. Ran- Randy, <laughs> yes. Randy, Randy even Correct. makes Randy even makes it into the song. I look at you and see what you've been through, and it's all because of me, brother. You know you make me proud. You gave me something to believe, but it's my turn now. I won't let you down. Gonna make things right. Turn it all around. Love goes far when it's no holds barred. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh my God. Oh my yeah. god! Um, and my third, my third rose is <laughs> uh, Rip Sports for Kids, because we find out that Rip's, oh, not in, yeah. Rip's not in this for the money. So the best way to telegraph that is showing Rip uh, with the kids working with the kids. And that entire little, scene little was overdubbed as well. And there's just a very yeah. poorly made banner in the background that just says rips sports for kids, <laughs> which like, guys, you could have spent like two minutes we need thinking, to make of a, a thinking of a more clever name, but no, we just got that banner. And then as Zeus flies away, cause he comes down in the helicopter in Magnum PI's helicopter. Oh yeah. Lands oh, yeah. on the field, comes out, stares him down, challenges him, and then Rip doesn't take the bait and he leaves. Like then, as he's leaving, as the helicopter is taking off, which was not a concern when it was landing, Rip puts his hands out, like down in an A formation, and then all the kids gather around his hands, like trembling on his hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a weird scene, man. There's a lot of weird scenes in this movie. I mean, oh but I feel God. like this is a movie where you've got to watch it more than once to just no, digest no. everything that's no. going on. No, let's say that. That no. is not true. I will never watch this movie again. I'm angry that I watched it once. According to a, a 1989 review in People magazine, um, to buy a ticket to this movie is to hang around your neck a sign that says, I am pathetic. I am desperate. I do not know the difference between entertainment and a poke in the eye with a sharp stick. Mm. Um, he says this movie mostly highlights um, Hulk's 
uh, bald spot, his tendency to use vicious wrestling as, uh, w- sorry, vicious wheezing as his main acting technique, and the, <laughs> and, and the immense size of his head. During his love scenes with the big-eyed, long-legged uh, Joan Severance, one thinks of a male walrus necking with a lady antelope. This film was, was directed it. by Thomas J. Wright, lead director for TV's Beauty and the Beast. He is expert at rendering head bashing, crotch kicking, and wheelchair knocking over scenes. <laughs> wheelchair knocking over scenes. Yeah, I noticed one of his techniques was to shake the camera. Mm. Did you guys notice this? Yeah, mm-hmm. so when anybody was like thrown or body slammed and hit something, the camera oh, would the shake. camera would shake. Yeah. To just like emphasize that. That's pretty cool. That's some good cinematography. <laughs> is that what it was? Huh. I came away with a different conclusion. Hmm. Uh, Reed, what are your roses in authority? It just sh- to are- me. To me, that shows they were trying. I won't say it's good cinematography. I'll say no, that they, they were at least putting some thought into it. To me, it shows that Vince McMahon's eight million dollar budget couldn't uh, couldn't afford a steady cam. Yeah, that's true. I, well, my one rose was uh, Randy's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other rose was the musical emotional cues and my thorn was somehow this got made <laughs> yes well great question how did how did this get made so this was uh this was uh, financed by vince mcmahon and wwf now wwe uh at the time thanks pandas uh, yeah i think that from what i read and i'm pulling it back up that um Hulk Hogan was paid $8 million for the movie. The entire budget? Oh, yes. Almost the entire budget. And well, that was, makes sense. Now, yes. Right. Why there was only 50 people in the stadium. Yeah. Uh, they yeah, had the best a, boys in the grips as audience members. He, yeah. They were doing double duty. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, Bill, it opened at number two with almost 5 million in ticket sales. That's uncanny. Hogan said he, uh, that the budget was about $8 million and he got most of that. It doesn't say what the number was. Uh, the final tally was $16 million. So that's what they made on this movie. Now, later, according to Vince McMahon, he said Hulk Hogan promised that if the movie lost money, he's going to return his salary and uh, he never saw any of that money. Currently holds an 11% on, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. But to me, the most interesting thing was this was a pay-per-view at one, in December of 1989, which was really? not, not too long after it was released in June. So in December of 1989, uh, WWF had a pay-per-view where they, where they screened this movie and then immediately went into the no holds barred, the match where Hulk Hogan was in a, uh, a tag team ma- uh, match against Randy Savage and Zeus. Obviously, yeah, with this, obviously with the sensational Sherry there as well, uh, against Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Wow! I thought it was Brutus the Beefcake Barber. No, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I'm pretty sure. I'm okay. not, not reading. Yeah. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yep. So this was before the, uh, what was this? So before the Royal Rumble that year. 
So they actually wrestled, quote unquote, actually wrestled uh, for this um, on this pay per view, which apparently is the only pay per view which is not on the WWE streaming service. Oh, really? Yeah. Because you, because you have that? No, that's just what I read, that you oh, can't okay. watch this. Uh, I thought you uh, were looking for it. Well, that's a travesty. Isn't it? It almost lasted 10 minutes, the whole match. Almost um, lasted 10 minutes. Zeus also came back in 96 uh, as, part of the world cha- as part of World Championship Wrestling uh, as Z-Gangsta. Yeah. And he was part of the Super alliance. Offensive. He was part of the alliance to end Hulkamania. So this this is this just has turned into a lifelong feud between these two, and I and we don't even know how it's going to shake out. Well, uh, they're both still alive. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so those were your two roses and a thorn. So can we put this one to bed? I mean, Please. I think I think we're, this is the first one we're all in agreement. Terrible movie. No, no really I, liked it. I liked it. I, I I thought it was fun. Can I ask a question about this movie and you? Yeah. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> well, like I said, I felt like it, I felt like you you could just watch this movie and feel like what 1989 felt like. So it was just kind of a nostalgia trip for me. It's like did you did you watch wrestling back then? No. What part was nostalgic? I, I don't even know how to. It's just the essence of the movie. It feels like what 1989 actually felt like. Those Orion movies, those low budget action movies. The yeah, Van I mean, Vans that's just the culture the... we were surrounded by. Like, I wasn't watching these types of movies, but it was just like, you know, kids on the playground, like you're acting, acting out comic books, like all this. It was just like oh, completely over the top. Uh, yeah. Over the top, that's a good movie. That's, yeah, from the that's 80s. another one we might watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, right. I just uh, I, and and it, I will say it was entertaining because I did not know what was going to happen next. There were a lot of great lines. That's um, fair. Just that it was. I will say fair. this is a big dumb movie, uh, but it was fun. It was a fun watch. Read where you at? No, I will never watch this again. <laughs> it wasted an hour and a half of my time. Uh, it was absolutely. Shot in about three days, and then they spent the same amount of time grunting into a microphone in a dark room so that they could put the sound over it. It was it was terrible. So there's there's two things we should cover that we haven't covered at this point because we're already way over time. Oh One, yeah, pretty Only sure this like was, twenty minutes. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure this was yeah. This is an old school episode. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this was shot in Tampa. And two, oh, probably. If we haven't yet rehashed Rowdy's story about oh when he met Hulk, Hulk Hogan on a cigarette boat outside of a McDonald's, <laughs> I didn't meet him. I never said I never said I met him. I said we were on a family we were on a family trip to Florida, and I remember seeing Hulk Hogan go by in a speedboat. And I also admitted so awesome. that it may not have been real. It may have been, for example, I saw a speedboat go by and I said, wow, look at that boat. And my dad may have said that that was Hulk Hogan. And I Why just, would your dad say that? Because that's the kind of thing I say to my kids. You lie. You, you make things up to enhance 
the experience of life. I believe it was Hulk Hogan. Uh, so <laughs> I may not have I'm seen, I may not have actually seen Hulk Hogan, but when I think about that memory, it's Hulk Hogan on that boat. Then it's <laughs> real, go. man. Yeah. So just yeah. like the time I saw Dave Mustaine driving a, a powder, a, a powder blue Jeep through a town. I believe you saw that. And I believe you yeah. drove next to uh, uh, James Earl Jones. No, right? that, that was a different buddy, but yeah, I saw James Earl Jones on four sixty five. Yeah, the, uh, I believe Bentley. it. I believe yeah. it. Yeah. You just never know when these things are going to happen. That's right. Hey, we have a pretty good idea. So <laughs> rowdy. What's our next movie? What are we watching? Okay, I want to let you guys pick. So I thought we've we've done two basketball movies. We've done a wrestling movie. Uh, I've got three baseball movies. Uh, So we've got The Natural, that Rob Redford joint. Great movie. We've got got a documentary called Jack of All Trades, which is an investigation into the baseball card scandal of the 1990s. Yes. Uh, And then we also have No No, a documentary about baseball pitcher Doc Ellis. Uh, Great who once pitched a no-hitter while high oh, on LSD. Well, have, LSD, yeah, that's a good one. We that's got a right. great one. Let's do no-no. We got yeah, a no-no. no-no. We got a yes-yes on no-no. Well, yeah, we do. <laughs> All right. Good. Well, let's wrap this up. That's it. We did it. We did sports. As always, I want to thank the Minister of Sound, Mikey, Jet Belly Music, the Commissioner, Brandon Casburn, Food Editor, Dennis Chu, who was unable to join us tonight, and the Ball Boy of the Week is? The Ball Boy this week weighs in at 5.972 uh, times 10 to the power of 24 kilograms and is 4.543 billion years old. It's Earth Day. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> Why? That's I, our ball boy. Like no, that just, was just a just a big round boy. Yeah, <laughs> just, very yeah. round boy. Yeah, that's doomed. Beautiful big blue <laughs> round boy. Yeah, let's not watch that movie next week. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email us at sports sports at gmail dot com with any questions, headlines, topics you want to discuss, or even a movie. Give us a movie. What movie do you want to discuss? And don't forget to rate us and subscribe. New episodes. We'll be there every single Thursday where we will ask, how about some sports? How about it? You only learn the way you are inside when life gives you the test. Will you back down, turn and run, or stand up with the best?